the highest vibration is love. Like the highest frequency that you could emit and put out into the world is love. And so for me, I'm always like guided by that. So I'm really guided by like, okay, what lights me up? What brings me joy? Who are the people that I want to surround myself with that make me incredibly happy or allows me to feel in those creative spaces? And I listen for that. If you've ever heard me talk about one of my favorite elixirs that I created, Golden Superfood Bliss, then you're going to want to listen up. Right now, Earth Echo Foods has a buy one, get one free offer, and you're going to get one bag, 30 servings, and get one free. Yeah, you heard that right. You guys, if you didn't know my husband and I created Earth Echo, and I actually formulated this product because I was using the same superfoods that are inside Golden Superfood Bliss, like turmeric and cinnamon and MCT powder, ginger and ashwagandha, they're all superfoods. And I was adding them into my smoothies and elixirs every single day. And let me tell you, buying each of these individually was super expensive. So I knew there had to be a more affordable way to get all of these organic superfoods into my diet daily without spending a small fortune. And plus, they weren't tasting amazing. So we created Golden Superfood Bliss. And it does just that. It's actually all of your superfoods, but it tastes kind of like a gingerbread, cinnamon, delicious drink. And it's less than one gram of sugar. So this is jam-packed with superfoods. It helps with cravings. It helps calm the nervous system, decrease inflammation, helps with your skin because of the turmeric. And right now for a limited time, Golden Superfood Bliss is buy one, get one free, absolutely free. So such a huge deal. All you have to do is go to freesuperfoodbliss.com. So I'm going to spell this for you. Free, F-R-E-E, superfood, S-U-P-E-R-F-O-O-D, bliss, B-L-I-S-S dot com to redeem this incredible offer. This is honestly a limited time only offer. If you're hearing this, I would act now. You're going to absolutely love it. Welcome to Manifestable. I'm your host, Danette May, and each week I will bring you epic guests and live coaching where you can come to receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. My mission is to remind people of their power and that they have the control to tap into their energy to achieve extraordinary things. Today, I'm chatting with Daniel Canty, investor and co-founder of Boss Babe and co-host of the incredible Boss Babe podcast. She's also a dear friend of mine, and I'm excited because I'm going to ask her some tough questions today. She is also co-founder and president at Boss Babe. She has been the right hand of the CEO in scaling the company from startup to a multi-million dollar company in less than two years. Amazing. Along the way, Danielle has developed industry-recognized thought leadership on creating, scaling, and monetizing a brand. Danielle has spoken at multiple conferences, is one of the hosts of the Boss Bay podcast, and is seen as a leader in operational scaling of startups. Danielle started her career as a chiropractor. This is what's so cool. She quickly transitioned into a serial entrepreneur and became part of one of the fastest growing multidisciplinary primary healthcare companies in the UK. This background, coupled with growing multiple product channels at Boss Babe, has led Danielle to become a customer experience and lifetime value enthusiast. But today, what I want to really talk to Danielle about is she's quite young. 
in my mind, quite young for what she has created. And I want to know what is that driving force that makes her leave the UK, come to America when she barely knows anyone? What's helped her start something from nothing and make it into a multi-million dollar company? Go through really tough divorce and then know that she's about to embark on creating something even new from start to finish. What is that DNA makeup? What is that belief system? What are those beliefs? What are those physical practices that she puts in place to make it all happen? And how we can all make it all happen if that's what our dream is, no matter what our dream is. So I'm excited to dive into today's podcast with Danielle. One of my favorite humans right now is Danielle Kanji, and I'm so excited to just chat more as friends because I I do have a lot of questions for you around like these, the way you're driven, the way you're, by the way, guys, the one thing I do love Dan, about Danielle the most is what I tell my husband. She has all these qualities, like I like <laughs> to hang out with business people. I like hanging out with fun people. She's also an athlete. Like, I'm like, she's one of those girls that I can ski with. We haven't ran yet together, but I could run with, bike with, try any adventure with. And I like that. I value that because I don't have a lot of girlfriends that can do like sporty, sporty. I love that you describe me as an athlete. I am going to wear that badge with so much honor. Are you not an athlete? Well, I mean, I would say I'm adventurous <laughs> and I'm sporty, but I never would have dared define myself as an athlete before. Really? Well, I always think as athlete as people who are like competitive, you know, they're competing in something. I definitely oh, you ski like one. an athlete for I sure. I do ski. You I ski am like pretty an talented athlete. when it comes to skiing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll run together and <laughs> But, I like that. I'll but I do, it. I value that a lot. because I think I just like doing things. I like moving my body, exercising. I like adventure. I like saying yes to things. And that's what I enjoy about your personality. Like the worst thing for me is when I go hang out with people and they're just like, just want to sit there and just not do I'm like, can we walk and talk about yeah, your problems? Like, can we move? Can we chat? <laughs> like, can we do something? So I like that about me and you. Like we're very adventurous. Yeah, I like we'll that. We'll say yes to everything once. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. But you're also like super savvy in business, which I really love. I love having good business discussions with people. That's somewhat something that not many people probably know about me. But yeah, you have all these little elements to you that are so fun. Spiritual, business savvy. I'm multifaceted. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> okay, so I want to know because... For those of you who don't really know Danielle, she, from my vantage point, came from the UK. She was a chiropractor. There's so many things, and you heard it in the intro, but she came from the UK to the US, not really knowing very many people of anybody, really, maybe one person or, you know, business partner at the time. And so I want to know, who is this girl that literally leaves a chiropractic job and starts a business not knowing how to do that business. It's not like it was something you were trained in and then moves across the ocean. What do you feel like there's what elements to your character made up those pieces to you? How'd you do those things? From a very early age, I've always had a can-do attitude. And I think just even just starting this podcast with you sharing about, you know, my enjoyment over sports, that enjoyment has been through everything in my life. Like I really enjoy living. Like I enjoy 
doing things and saying yes to new opportunities, whether it's traveling, like trying, getting a new experience that I've never done before. And I think I apply that same enthusiasm to like everything I show up for, whether it be business, whether it be friendships, whether it be relationships, whatever that is. I really like to give things like if I'm saying I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, but I'm also going to have fun doing it and looking for the positives in everything I achieve. And I've always been a person who takes responsibility And I think that's probably why I'm in the position I'm in now is because I took responsibility for my life from a very young age. If I wanted something to happen, I knew that no one was coming to save me. I had to create that and do that myself. And I would work out the best way to make that, you know, come into fruition. So for example, when I was a young kid at school, I was 14, 15 and you, they just ask you like what you want to be when you grow up. And I really didn't know, but I wanted to help people. And so I thought about being a doctor. And then eventually through a long story, I decided I was going to be a chiropractor. But there was only two places in the UK that you could study chiropractic. Oh, really? And so someone said to me, like when I went to both places, I visited both. One was very much like a college university experience. And another one was outside of a university. And it was a lot of people who were in their 40s doing it as a second degree. And I didn't like it. I didn't, I wanted the university experience. And so my university application, normally you apply for six universities and then you hope that you get into some. I applied for one course at one university. That is it. Because you were so set on it. Yeah. My friends were like, what are you going to do if you don't get in? And I was like, no, I'm going to get in. I'm going to make sure I get in. And so I was really strategic. I went sure. I made sure I made an impression on my interview. I asked questions when we were in that open day. And I was like, there was no way that I was not getting into that university. And so I think it started from that point on. And everyone was like, well, what are you, you know, but you might not get in. And I was like, well, I'm unavailable for that conversation. And if I don't get in, I'll deal with that then. Like, I'm not going to worry about that and start putting places on my application that I don't want to do. And so I think from that point, I've always been like, okay, how can I make this happen? The same thing when I graduated from chiropractic. I graduated in 2010. We're still coming out of a recession. There wasn't really many jobs around. Was the UK experience a recession? Yeah, a huge then? recession. In 28, all the way, um, 2008, sorry, all the way through. So we were not great. It started like turning a little bit, but there was not an abundance of wow. jobs. Chiropractic is always paid for. You don't get on insurance in right. the UK. And so what I did, I was like, okay, how am I going to get a job? So I strategically thought about all the people who had multiple clinics. I searched them on Google and then I decided I was going to shadow them. So I would like invite myself along as an enthusiastic college student. I would go and shadow them. And I picked people who I knew had multiple clinics because I thought, well, hang on a minute. They're going to have the best jobs. They're going to have the best chances, statistics of having a job available. Totally. And I went there. I showed up early. I presented myself as enthusiastic. And what happened is after I left, one of those clinics actually gave me a call. They fired someone to give me a job when I graduated. And so I really Thing that it all started from those. I, I don't believe in, I believe whatever I put out into the world, I'm going to get back. But I also believe in showing up my best. Like if I show up with good energy, good spirit, good knowledge, articulate, charismatic, I know what I'm talking about in any of those one situations, then I'll find my way through. And so when it came then, as you're talking about, to transitioning from chiropractic to founding Boss Babe and moving from the UK to moving to the US, it was that same mentality. That same mentality. And I was like, okay, I'm going to move to the US. I don't really know anyone. I knew Natalie, my co-founder of Boss Babe, but outside of that, I didn't. And funnily enough, I landed on the 5th, 7th of February, 2020. 
And we went straight to a Joe Dispenza summit. So, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I went to a Joe Dispenza summit six days. And whilst I was there, there was this woman that I'd met once who I really wanted to be friends with. And so I texted her whilst her there. Her name's Sarah Stewart. You texted her I texted Sarah Stewart asking her to go on a friend date with me. So I was like, hey, Sarah, I've just moved to LA. I know we only met once, but I really don't know anyone. I would love to go for a coffee if you're available. That probably meant a lot like, to her. I'm really excited to make some friends in the UK. And it was so, it was basically like I was asking someone out on a date. It was so corny, so cheesy. And what is worse, or actually is better, so if you believe in manifestation, you'll probably listen to the podcast you do. What happened was, I, this has never happened to me before and never happened to me since. I searched Sarah's number in my phone book because I had it, but I'd only ever been on a text thread with her with 12 other women. And so when I searched her phone, I clicked on her name. I didn't see the plus 12 next to her name. And so when I texted it, it went to, to 12 everybody. other women. <laughs> and they were all like, sure. No, I mean, first of all, I was mortified <laughs> because it was, it said, hey, Sarah. And it was so cringe. And thankfully, <laughs> Ashley Stahl, who was best friends with Sarah, who was best friends with Sarah, saved me because she literally rang Sarah and was like, we have to save Danielle in this situation. And they threw me a welcome to LA party. Aww. Which meant so much. Like, it was just the nicest thing. But really, like, you can get in your head about, oh my goodness, I'm moving to LA. I don't know anyone. I don't really know the American culture very well. LA is another place, another breed. Everyone talks about how LA is really lonely. Like, it's a really hard place to make friends. <laughs> It is its own it's its own it's, culture. I didn't find any of that because I always put myself out there and I would go to networking events. And I would go to places. I have been to so many parties on my own and just like Figure work, out. figuring out like who to meet. Like I went to a party at Paris Hilton's old house. I literally walked in and it was crypto and I was like, I don't know no one here. Like, how am I? But I just put myself in these situations and I made a really great friend there. She came on the podcast and Drusha. Like, it's just a way of like, and I would say to people like, hey, I don't know anyone. Like, if you want to meet for coffee, like, I would love to chat. And that's really now how I have the best friendships and the best network in LA. Where does this come? Because this requires a certain level of confidence. And I actually, so being closer to you, I see all these different dimensions to you. And I do see this very confident, where does this confidence come from? Is it discipline that you've set for yourself? Is it because you were you popular when you were younger? People are going to want to know, where does this confidence come from? Because I went to a school with 60 students. There were 11 people in my year up until the age of 10, and I got severely bullied. You were bullied? Oh, my God. I was bullied so bad. Until you were in 11? In primary school. Yeah, it was horrendous. Really? And so when I went to my next school, 10 to 14, that you got to put down who you wanted to be in a groups with because they would normally move you up with your friends from the feeder schools, they would call them. And feeder I, school. Yeah, the schools from the feeder <laughs> schools. And I didn't have anyone to put on my list because it was like really oh, no. hard because all my, like the friends I did have, they were more a year older than me that already left. And it was a really hard time. And I went to school from another school from 10 to 14. And I, I think I just... I've always been like very bubbly and like very like easy to talk to. But sometimes other people find that a little bit not intimidating, but they just don't maybe maybe some people feel a bit threatened by it or I don't know. Like I just definitely attracted from those like early ages some some girls who didn't necessarily like me. But I just got on with it. Like it was hard and I always just 
just concentrated on my schoolwork and I just concentrated I think from the very early age I've always tried to be like the best version of myself Mm -hmm. and I do believe like confidence or competence breeds confidence and so when I would get confidence from doing the things that I was good at doing and trying to lean into like okay how do I show up better for school like how do I I was in like I was in an orchestra like someone was joking the other day like the kids that do band I was like yeah that was me like I was the kid at band I played the clarinet and the piano. <laughs> oh, clarinet girl. Yeah, well, clarinet we were by girl. each other in the yeah, lineup. Yeah. <laughs> we were, we were. And so I don't think I necessarily had, it wasn't necessarily a really confident child, but I never had any problems speaking to strangers. I wasn't shy. I think that's the key thing. So I wasn't shy. Uh, okay. So if there were people there to speak to, I could hold conversation with adults. I could hold conversation if we went on a dance event. I would be the kid that made friends with the kids, like playing. Like I would be that kid. So I and always And maybe just you found- also know what it feels like to be kind of kicked out or to not be said hi to or whatever. So you're really friendly to anyone. And I I think you're right because I then would make sure people were included. But I also never dwelled on it. And that was, I think that's my biggest gift. That's a good one. I move on really quickly. If something is not working for me, I don't, I'm not really a sentimental person in the sense that I think sentiments are are really sweet, but I think people can get stuck in the past and stuck in the what ifs or I wish or if only. And I don't believe that's healthy. So I really try and live in the now and think about like, well, okay, what's going to make me happy in the now and how can I create that and taking responsibility for that creation. And I've done things in my life. I've done, been through a lot of changes, whether it was changing from chiropractic to moving to online business. The catalyst for that was my dad had a skiing accident in 2016. I realized I was really tied to a location. I was like, I don't want this, so I'm going to change it. So I was like, how can I Google? How can I build an online business? What are online businesses? And I tried- You were Googling this stuff. Yes, just Google it. And like, if I want to change something, I'll change something. And the same way around like, okay, I don't want to live in the UK anymore. Let's see how I move to LA. I Googled, how do I get a visa? Okay, I'll talk to an attorney, chat to an attorney. Like, how can I get an immigration? Like, how can I emigrate? Okay, cool. Then I have my action plan. And the same place when, you know, I was married and I got divorced. Didn't Google, how do I get a divorce? But what I did take responsibility for like, hey, this I really worked hard at that marriage. We were together 14 years and I did not, I don't want anyone listening to this thinking like I just leave on a whim or I do anything on a whim. That's not it. But I will address things. And I did say, hey, I want to go to counseling. And we did go to counseling. And I'm saying I'm not happy with this marriage. So how can we make it better? But it does take two people to make a marriage better and a situation better. And if the other person's not necessarily willing to or open to the changes that you both feel needs to take place in a relationship, then ultimately you're really left with two decisions. One, to stay and to live in that and think, okay, well, I commit to this and I'll be unhappy in this because I made that commitment. Or hang on a minute, like how do I create that change? How do I create the change for both of us that works for both of us that actually is going to result in our happiness in the long run? And I've never been afraid of change. And I think change gets a bad rep. People think change is a bad thing, a negative thing. Whereas I see it as a really positive thing. I think we all get to change. We all get to go through seasons of our life and we all get to take responsibility for creating the change that we want to see that's going to ultimately lead to more happiness for us. Wow. You know, I have watched you go through some 
big shifts and some hard things. And I've, you know, I've seen you cry, but one thing I've noticed about you, and I think this was a nugget for me, and I want to point it out on the podcast because it might be someone else's nugget that you just said, because it's not like you don't go through hard things and you don't, you had some hard, really hard things in your life, but you do try to find joy quick. And like, it might be that you're like, I'm going to go boating or I'm going to go hang out with this person or you create the joy in the suffering almost. I, and I think this is true for everyone, you can't control things around you. You cannot control your environment. The only thing that you can control is your mind. And I realized that really early on. Like I have a choice in how I feel. Now, I do believe you have to feel the ups, you have to feel the downs as you would just be in the middle and and you wouldn't know what an up and down feels like. So in theory and in practice, you're never going to be high all the time. It doesn't work like that. Your, your thermostat would re- re-regulate yeah. that temperature, right? So yes, I have ups, I have downs, I have tears, I have sadness, I have laughter, I have excitement, all of those things. But what I realized was that I wasn't ever willing to give my mindset away. I wasn't ever willing to give my feet permanent control over my feelings. You might get grasp of them. Yeah. Like a situation might take grasp of them for a period of time. And that's okay. I'm only human and I get to work through that. But damn, you're not having control over my mind for a long period yeah. of time. Like I'll figure that stuff out to get control of it back because it's the only thing I can control. The only thing I can control is how I show up with my energy on this podcast. Like I can't show up what time I arrive. Something could have happened on my way here. I can't show up if what even questions you're going to ask me. The only thing I can show up with is my energy and my mindset and how I'll let these questions or these conversations influence how I'm thinking. And I choose to have them influence it as a positive versus a negative. And I think that's really put me in a place where I can adapt to change and see the positive and change. Like, oh, that happened for me, not to me. Mm-hmm. And oh, how amazing that I got through that and out the other side and I learned these lessons. Totally. I don't have regrets. I really don't believe in regrets whatsoever. I think the things that have happened in my life have shaped me to who I am and I wouldn't be this person if those things hadn't happened. And I also choose to lead with love in the sense of I, if something has got me down or if I have been through things, I always try and like see the light in it and see like how I can send, give love to myself and appreciation myself. Like I did the best I could in that situation. And then love for the other people that maybe upset me, maybe like I felt did not behave in a way that I wanted them to pay for whatever that situation is and just said love to them and like, okay, they're doing the best that they can in that situation too. And let me peacefully separate myself from that. Wow. So I take very, very seriously responsibility for my mindset. Okay, so you just dropped some nuggets about these ways that you're driven and how it's led you from the little girl to this chiropractor to LA to now, you know, moving through a relationship Do you feel like you've grabbed a hold of these filaments and these character traits for your next evolution of what you're creating and stepping into? Yeah. Does it make you feel confident of what's next for you? I mean, I'm confident and I'm also terrified. Like, I don't, like, I'm, it's like a, so you would say you're, I'm confident walking into a party by myself, but I'm also confident, but I'm also scared. Yeah. Uh, oh I'm scared God. to move to LA, but I'm excited yes. and I'm confident and yeah. So it's this and this and and oh, also sci- so and, and also physiologically, excitement, anxiety, exactly the same chemicals that release in the body. It's just how you're processing them in your mind. And you might be feeling them both, like they're yeah. all. 
going and on. And they're all okay. Like I remember yeah. very vividly turn I hadn't lived, really lived in LA long. I turned up at got invited to this party. And I was invited by like the host, but obviously she was super busy when I got there. She was the only person I knew. And there was, it was a crypto party. She invited me to it. It was a house in the Hollywood Hills. It turned out that it was Paris Hilton's old house. I walked in. I'd never been to an LA party like this before. It was like absolutely happening. I was like, where do I go? Like what? I didn't know anyone. I was looking for the host and I was realizing she was super busy and they were doing like a panel in the lounge, like the living area that tells you how big this house is. There's like 200, 300 people there. And I was nervous and I remember pulling up being like, oh my God, like what am I doing? And I'm walking around the side of the house and I'm not really sure what to expect. <laughs> She's in the bushes. And I just went straight to the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to ground myself. Like, let me just go to the bathroom a second. Because I'm like, and so I share this because yeah, I do these things, but I am, I'm, t- I'm like scared. I'm in a human. Like that's not, it's intimidating to walk in. I'm from the UK. There were more sheeps in my village. You guys don't even have villages here. You don't know what I'm talking about. There's like 800 people and there were more sheeps in the village than there were people. <laughs> so I not come from going to Paris Hilton parties, you know? Um, you you so, seem like you fit right in. Well, you know, I really don't. Yeah, it's funny. I just make a beeline for a bathroom and then like throw some like, water out. on my wrist and then get out there again, you know? Oh my gosh. And then if worse comes to worse, you just go on your phone for a second while you're looking around. Okay, I think I see. They look friendly. I'll go chat to them. <laughs> make it work. Well, let me ask because you're creating all the time. You're mm-hmm. a creator through and through. I know this about her. She's a creator, creator, creator. She's a generator, a manifesting, manifesting generator, generator in the, what is that called? Human again? design. Human design. Anybody want to check it out? You can take it for free, I guess. Human design, what you are. So that means she can manifest. She likes to play with the metaphysical, but she also is a generator, meaning that she likes to create energy and she can create energy. I'm a manifesting generator as well. I guess. <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit more about the manifesting or the metaphysical part of you, because that's literally what I see a lot in you that you like you'll ask me questions about because I like am super fascinated about that part of you more so than your generator side. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can create these in the 3D, but like what are you creating behind that no one really can see? So I want to ask because I don't know if this if you have the answer, but because I call it a higher power for lack of a better word, how do you connect to that higher power? Okay, I'm just going to like grab this for a second because this was a conversation. If you'd asked me this like three years ago before I moved to LA, I wouldn't have even known what you were talking about. I've been like, wait, what? But I rewind when I was that little girl living in the village with more sheep than people. <laughs> there used to be, every summer, there would be this fate. And there was this person that he, have you ever played the game where there's like a grid and it's like a hundred numbers. It's like a 10 by 10 grid and there's prizes behind certain numbers. Okay. And they always used to have it there. And I used to play every year. And my mom used to say to me, Danielle, let Danielle pick the numbers because she's the luckiest one. She always wins. And I always used to win with raffles and I always used to win with these. So I don't know how to explain this. And I've never, ever shared this publicly because it kind of makes me sound a little crazy. But I feel like this is a cool space. <laughs> and I used to like pick these numbers and I used to close my eyes, put my hand over it and just be like, that number. I feel like it's going to be that number. And you used to be able to like pick a couple and every year I would always win something. It was like a family joke. And so I share that because then for a long time, like that was just fun and was just nothing. I never even thought anything of it. 
And in the UK, like you're not really having these conversations. No one's talking about manifesting. It wasn't until I was 26, 27 that someone gave me the book, The Secret. And then I realized the power of manifestation and, you know, what you're putting out to the world and laws of attraction. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, but generally it's keeping me, you know, it's keeping me positive. Then I went to Joe Dispenza's and my science geek really kicked in because I'm a science gal at heart. So I was like, wait, now I'm learning like all the physics of this. Now I'm like really understanding quantum physics. Now I'm like really understanding like vibrations and frequencies. And actually, of course it makes sense. Of course it makes sense that we're emitting a frequency that we can't see, but still exists because guess what? Like I can't see in the dark, but some creatures can see in the dark. Or hang on a minute, I can't hear certain pictures pictures of sound but animals can like it started to really dawn on me and make sense that there could be an energy or an energetics that I couldn't see or feel well not say I couldn't see but at play and so I think as I've spent more time here and spent a lot more time with you I've really understood that to me this it's not necessarily like a higher self it's just like the highest frequency and I think that's why I'm so take it really seriously about staying in the positive and allowing myself to have these moments of like, this sucks, I'm sad, but then getting back to that positive because the highest vibration is love. Like the highest frequency that you could emit and put out into the world is love. And so for me, I'm always like guided by that. So I'm really guided by like, okay, what lights me up? What brings me joy? Who are the people that I want to surround myself with that make me incredibly happy or allows me to feel in those creative spaces? And I listen for that. So I listen more for the things that feel good and make me feel like, whole I guess like yeah complete. like make like, you I'm, feel something. yeah like I'm enough I'm I'm loved I am loved like this is the like this is light this feels easy and the more I've let that guide me the more affluent I've become the happier I've become the better relationships I've had around me and so I think it's like I don't necessarily see it as well I might I might change this slightly I see it as like a a feeling like I can just feel it I'm like okay this feels good that's what I get let guide me and then outside of that I also did Hoffman which allows you and I learned to tap into the side a little more easy because they teach you about your highest self so whether you relate it to being you or something above you and for those who are watching like I'm pointing above my head it's like it's up there and it's guiding me versus and but it's still part of me if that makes sense do you so feel like this highest knowing? Yes, I'm actually like, I wonder if she's feeling this too. Have you noticed because you just mentioned it's been in the last three-ish years mm-hmm. that you're really like grabbing hold of this and like embodying it and understanding it and things have been falling away in the last yeah. and things have been coming in. Yeah. And do you feel it's because you've been choosing this frequency and so things are just happening? And I would really encourage anyone listening to like do this too, because really tune in to the things and the people that make you feel like your best self. Because when you can be your best self on a more continuous basis, it's easier to tap into this energy, this next flow of all those situations and the people are the the people and the things are not for you will literally eradicate themselves from your life and you know no shade on my ex-husband like he was you know that 
relationship we were together 14 years and it got me from A to B. Totally. And I think some people can go with you if they're on the same journey as you and they're on the same growth path to you and the same vibration as you, they can go to A to Z with you, right? Totally. But I used to, before I understood this, I used to describe, I was like, it's like we're talking different frequencies. I'm speaking FM radio, he's speaking AM radio. Totally. And I noticed that show more and more up in my relationships. If I don't feel like I'm speaking the same frequency as you, I'm like, oh, I this is just not, this relationship is not meant to be in my life. So unless it's really easy, and that goes like everything from friendships to business relationships to team to, you know, romantic relationships, all of those things. And it's not that... I believe my frequency is better than someone else's frequency. I'm not it's saying just that. I just like, oh, it's just a frequency. Like That's this it. is a frequency I exactly. want to be on. And I really find that when I surround myself with those people that are on the same wavelength, should we say? And now if you notice wavelength, you hear like, oh, they're on the same wavelength as me. That's a common saying in the UK anyway. So like this stuff has been around for centuries. Like people know this stuff. You just have to listen to it. Yeah. So if I surround myself with people on the same wavelength than me, it's very easy to create with them. It's very easy to work with them. It's very easy to have communications skills styles with them and so I was giving myself space on this journey and listening into that and what I did for a really really long time I would say my whole of my mid-20s I changed my frequency and I think that is the most damaging thing you can do to yourself because it takes away your you're basically having to translate to then go on to someone else's frequency for those conversations to work And that did not support me at all. I think I got through my 20s really, I had a lot more health issues, like a lot of challenges because I was trying to... She wasn't being authentic. Her frequency was tuned to someone else's frequency, which I'm so glad you just mentioned your body because I'm really big advocate in the spiritual realm to talk about the body because we talk about the spiritual realm and it's always up here. And I'm like, the body will communicate with you and she not living in her authentic frequency. It's like it's out of tune. And so the body's like, uh, like all these ailments start coming out. So if you're getting a lot of body ailments, check in. Am I vibrating on someone else's frequency? Am I choosing my emotions in check? Where am I at? Because my body is communicating with me right now. Yeah. and And like from that medical standpoint too, it's when you are dealing with those situations or you're dealing with like you're trying to be on someone else's frequency it's also like your adrenal glands are firing because like differently as they should be or like I had full-on PCOS when I was with my ex and did it go away literally went away like completely went away it was wild and I noticed like more recently I've just been like like operating on a frequency that I've been going through a lot of stressful things and it just has not been like as easy and as flow and I was like wait I'm operating on someone else's frequency and I noticed that all my skin started flowing up and all these aspects I'm like oh it just really shows you like how that translates totally you know, metaphysical to physical form. Absolutely. And paying attention to that. And it's so funny. Like everyone like now, like, you know, as my mom's like, is it crop top season? <laughs> like I wear like a lot of short t-shirts and um, my, and like, like my friends like, my oh my God, like, are you going to the gym six days a week? And I'm like, no, like no more than I ever was before. And my but body, your body is so is much shifting. better. Completely. I have Be- a completely different body, work out probably less than I did before. And so it's just... I, I I'm so fascinated by this stuff. I'm, I'm fascinated by it because it also bodies. if you had said this to me, I probably wouldn't have necessarily believed you. And so I share it from the standpoint of, look, I was not like, I was literally a chiropractor. Like I am all about the, like the 
physical, physical. science back stuff behind this. And also, if you get deep into the stuff, there is so much science behind it. That's yeah. That's crazy about it's, it. It's like a circle. You get behind, then you go, and then you bump into the science. It all mm-hmm. works out together. But yeah, there's so much energy at play for how you feel, how you look, what you're creating. And I'm just super excited for what you're what you're creating and and not because because you have to create because you get to create and because we get to experience that joy that comes from you in creation Mm -hmm. so it's super fun to be in witness of in closing thank you for sharing all that vulnerably I love that story about the numbers because that's what I see for her so that that's a whole nother discussion I want to go down the rabbit hole with her on but I want you to Think about being in front of a million people right now and they're looking to you and you have one thing you get to share with them to help them on their journey. From where you stand today, what would be that one thing you would share? Okay, I would say two things is always lean into love. That is my, the biggest gift you can ever give yourself. Lean into love and that's for love. yourself. I mean, mm. no, and I don't mean that as into romantic partner. I mean that as into lean into loving yourself and the people like send love out, like lean into the power of love because when you do that, you will feel better about yourself. You will feel better about what you're emitting into this world. And I think that comes back like tenfold. And then I would also say, and in saying that, I would say love your mind. If we say love, I would like lean into love and love your mind because if you love your mind, you will be, when you have the toxic thoughts, or you have the negative thoughts or however you want to, you know, there's things where we can really be harsh to ourselves at times. Like we often talk to ourselves worse than a best, we would never talk to a best friend like that, but we hear ourselves playing it in our mind about ourselves right. and control that. Like you get to like love yourself from within because then you'll be able to like emit it out. Lean into love and love your mind. So. Yeah. I think you should like love, love on your mind. Like, oh, I'm going to love it. Like I'm going to take care of it. Thank you so much for sharing. And thanks for being on this podcast. It's been so fun to have you. And thanks for your vulnerability. Thanks guys for tuning in. And we'll see you on the next episode of Manifestable. Manifestable.